0: Hello, hello, hello. Ah, Stay standing for a minute. This is good. Who's ready for church tonight? Give me a wave. Man, I'm ready, I'm ready. I've had like five cups of coffee. I'm ready. I'm ready for anything. Come on, just close your eyes where you're standing. Father, in the name of Jesus, I just thank you for this. Somebody play, because I I, I sound more anointed when somebody plays. Father, in the name of Jesus, I just pray for this, this service. I pray for the people here right now. Lord, that you would just do something special in their hearts and in their lives. And the words that come out of my mouth, let it just minister right where they're at. Father, this is not just another ordinary night, but Father, this is an opportunity for you to encounter people in a very real way. Lord, Holy Spirit, just move in this meeting and just bring your presence like never before so that people can know how real you really are. And I believe that tonight, friends, tonight, somebody's gonna receive a word that they came here looking for. That God is gonna speak to you. God's gonna speak into your heart and into your life. And He's gonna do something fresh, something new. For those that have been journeying with the Lord for a long time, tonight is a night of freshness for you. God's gonna do something fresh in your heart. He's gonna renew your walk. You know, it's gonna be like the first time when you first gave your heart to the Lord. Tonight is gonna be that night. Father, we just speak a a covering over this place. Your spirit move freely. Your angels surround this house and let no weapon formed against it prosper. Release your anointing tonight in Jesus' wonderful name. And everybody said, Amen. If we see it, high five two people, tell them it's going to be good. Fantastic. Ooh. So good. Who's, my key, who's that keyboardist dude? That, that uh, I just feel like some music needs to be in the background. Is that all right, Dan? Sorry, I'll just... <laughs> Fantastic. Well, I, I hope you guys are all good tonight. You know, it's a real honor and a privilege to be here. I just want to bring you greetings from my church. Uh, we've, we've just come back from Israel, two weeks in Israel. We flew in last night. And uh, then I had to preach this morning, you know, and so, you know, I had needles in my eyelids, keeping them open. And uh, so, but it's awesome to be here, real honor. I just want to honor your pastors, uh, Steve and Bex. I think they're some of the most anointed young leaders in our nation. And I feel like God has got something fresh for you. And I I just want to say to you, Steve, I just just found this word for you. I just, God's going to release the burden off of your shoulders so that you're gonna enjoy the next season that you're stepping into. I feel like God's gonna take the pressure off of you so that when you minister, when you walk, it's gonna be like effortless and it's gonna be the way it should be, which is a, a, a burden-free. The Bible says that his yoke is easy and his burden is light. It's gonna be, the burden is still gonna be there, but it's gonna be light and you're not gonna carry the weight. There's not gonna be that weight factor added to the burden. It's gonna be light for you. And Vex, I just see God all over you. Come on, somebody. Come on, stretch out your hands towards your pastors. Stretch out your hands. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, this next season is going to be a season of, of freedom, absolute lightness in the, in the, in the spirit. And I, and I believe, Father, as they lead to a new level, that they will go deeper in you. But as a result of going deeper, they would go higher as well. The buildings are only go, can only go higher if they go deeper first. And God's raising you to go higher, so He needs you to go deeper. And God's going to release the burden, the weight. You're not going to feel the heaviness of the load. It, it'll be as if you were, it was feathers there on your back. So, Lord, we just praise You. We honor You for these two. In Jesus' name. And everyone said? Amen. 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 Let me turn off my phone, my goodness. I made the mistake of accepting a friend request in Israel, and that opened up the door to like 200 other friends' requests. So if you want Facebook overload friends, just go to Israel and and, and accept the first friend that comes across. All right, so are you ready for the word? I, I I really feel like I've got a got a word for you guys as a church tonight and uh I want you to turn to the person next to you and ask this question, what are you wearing? Turn to the other one that you didn't didn't choose the first time, your second choice, and ask them the same question, what are you wearing? It's funny how you can emphasise this one word like are and it makes it sound so different, right? It's, It's like, ooh, what are you wearing? It's like three clicks for what you're wearing. And then then you might ask the second person and go, what are you wearing? And it's just totally different. It's the same question. You know, I don't know about you, but when I was in high school, uh, and now we're talking years ago, a long time ago, uh, uh, but uh, uniform was really strict. Yeah, I I know this school, you know, you're just free free for all. You can wear whatever you want. You know, uh, just let your principal know I said so. So it's all good if all those guys are still in high school. But, But it was really strict in high school. You know, you had to wear your socks a certain way. Oh my goodness, you had to pull your socks up. Now we don't wear socks at all. But in those days, you know, you had to pull your socks up. You had to tuck your shirt in. You had to wear the right jacket, the white, you know, all of that. And, and, and uh, I was one of those kids that was absolutely rebellious. I hated the school uniform, basically because it cramped my style. I mean, somebody, I mean, oh, come on! You know, you got to stand out in the crowd. So you know, let's be independent. You know, uh, but the whole point of it was to bring the sense of. Uh, uh, uniformity within the within the team, within the group, hey, right? So, it, it, and alongside of it is attached your identity. So, uniform is actually really important because you know you associate people uh, uh, schools by what the people are wearing, right? I can identify what school, uh, school somebody is simply by just looking at what they're wearing. Easy. Now, in Christchurch. Uh, The design of most school uniforms, and this is really particular for the ladies, all the ladies there, uh, uh, the dresses or the skirts go down below the ankles. They were designed in the 1800s and uh, they still apply today. It is crazy. I don't know if you've ever worked in a job where you needed to wear the right uniform where they provided, you know, maybe it was in that wonderful restaurant with the golden arches, you know, I don't know. You know, maybe you were part of that and they had to wear the right uniform. You couldn't just rock in and wear whatever uniform you wanted to wear, you know, uh, that day. You had to wear the right thing. Why? Because it was associated with identity and all that sort of stuff. You know, I reckon a lot of the time, we as a church, we don't actually think about what we're wearing when we get up in the morning. I mean, you know, if you're like one of those teenage boys, you definitely don't think about what you're wearing when you get up in the morning. You just find the first top that's on the ground and you give it a good tester. You just sniff it to make sure it's still good. Oh man, that's good for another week. Yeah. And then you throw that one on, right? I know you guys do that. Yeah, yeah. And uh, but for others, you know, it takes a little bit more effort Like like right now. I mean, thank you very much. You know, this is This just does not happen. You know, this takes a lot of effort, you know, and a a lot of hard work, all right? And so what are you wearing when you go out the door? I reckon we as a church, we don't really think about what we're wearing. But the Bible tells us clearly, clearly that it's important to think about the things that you're wearing before you go out the door. Why? Because there's an enemy out there and his job is to steal, kill and destroy. And he's doing his very best to do that. And if you don't think about what you're wearing before you get out of the door, you're making yourself prone to anything the enemy will throw at you. Does anybody know what I'm talking about tonight? I like a good, look, I'm from Christchurch and, and, and we are loud down there. So I'm hoping you Aucklanders might have just an inch of what we're like, you know? So here we go. All right, so I want you to go to uh, Ephesians 6 and verse 10. Everyone go Ephesians 6 and verse 10. All right, and this is what it says. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God. Everyone say, Full armor of God. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood but against the rulers and against the authorities and against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armour of God. Everyone say, full armour of God. So that when the day of evil comes you may be able to stand your ground and after you have done everything to stand. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, the breastplate of righteousness in place with the Amen. So I want, tonight I want to talk to us about what we're wearing. The Bible clearly says to us that we're to put on the full armour of God. Yeah. The full armour. Because it's needed for the world in which we live in. And it's, I mean, this was, this was something that was suggested uh, thousands of years ago, but it still applies to us today. Yeah. It's still as real as it ever was today. Now, 1st century uh, uh, this this is actually a reference to a 1st century centurion, a 1st century Roman soldier. And the 1st century Roman soldier uh, would wear a tunic. Do you know what a tunic is? Does anybody know what a tunic is? It's kind of like a, a long T-shirt, but that goes below the knees. It's just this really long T-shirt. And uh, when you're not working, when you're not operating, when you're not fighting, it's a nice free-flowing thing. I mean, I like, you know, like the air flows through it. It's just, oh man, this is so good. You know, it's just like wearing a Samoan lover, lover, but it's even better because it's just one outfit, you know what I mean? It's so free-flowing. But when you are in battle, it's the wrong garment to wear. Why? Because it gets in the way. So what you actually need in order to fight the fight is you need a bout. Everyone say bout. The the first part of the armor is the belt of truth. Wow. And what the belt of truth really does, or what the belt really does, is it gathers the tunic and you actually tuck the tunic into the belt. Are you getting this picture? You already got this picture. The belt tied around your waist actually gives you freedom to fight the fight that you need to fight. Wow, right. Are you getting this tonight? I mean, this is good. I'm saying amen on the inside, you know. You know, you have to, in order to fight the fight, get this, you need the bout of truth. Because it releases you, makes you freer to run the race that God has called you to run. The Bible says this, know the truth. And what? The truth will set you free. Come on, Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth and the life, no one can go to the Father except through me, the Son. I want to say to us all here tonight, if you want to know freedom to fight the fight that God's called you to fight, you need truth around you. You need truth tied around, girded around you, tied around your waist so that you can be free to run into the battle that God has got you to fight. Somebody say amen tonight. The second thing is this. Along with truth, this is good is the sword of the Spirit. Why? Why, 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 why? Because the sword is always attached to the belt. It, it, it sit, the sword of the Spirit actually sits in a scabbard or a sheath, which is a, 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 a leather pouch just for the sword. And this is important because what does this mean? It means truth can only be truth when it's married with the Word of God. Are you getting this? You see, there are a lot of people who, who testify and who will claim to have the truth. Hey, come over here! I've got the truth. I know the truth. His name is Allah, and he has the truth. He has. He is. He is God, and 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 and, and uh, he holds the truth. You know, the, the 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 Quran tells us that Jesus didn't really die. That there was only perceived that he died, that actually his body was actually stolen just before death and another person took his place. But when you look at the truth of what the Word says, it says a totally different thing. So who are you going to believe? Which story or which version of the truth are you going to believe? It's easy when you marry it to the Word of God. Is anybody getting this tonight? The biggest tester of truth, and this is, Steve will testify, this Bex will testify this. The biggest tester of truth is how, uh, uh, how people perceive Jesus. Amen. You ask anyone, like I was in Israel for two weeks, we would bump into Orthodox Jews, we would bump into rabbis, and you ask them the simple question, well, well, what's your version, what's your, uh, uh, um, how do you, what do you, what do you think about Jesus. Oh, it's like a cold breeze just went through the room. It's like ice just fell down their back or whatever. You know, when it comes to Christ, there's always going to be a point of contention with every single religion in the world, every single version of the truth. So you just got to ask the question, when truth is married to the Word of God, what does it say about Jesus? Come on, this is helping you guys tonight, not me. I, I know this stuff. All right, is anybody getting this? The Bible says this, for the Word of God is alive and active, sharper than a double-edged sword. It penetrates even the dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow, and it judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. We've got to remember that it's Jesus that we rest on. It's Jesus that we cling to. It's Jesus that we trust in. He gives us the truth, and the truth is in Him. Somebody say Amen tonight. Now the next three I want to talk to you about are actually defensive parts of the armour of God. The breastplate of righteousness, the shield of faith, and the helmet of salvation. Everyone say righteousness, Righteousness. faith, Faith. salvation. These are defensive parts of the armour of God. And there's a reason for it. Because the enemy has a specific strategy in which to attack you. He will attack you in in the area of your identity, in the area of your ability, and the area of your destiny. Did anybody get that tonight? He will attack you in your identity, your ability, and your destiny. So when you think about it, breastplate of righteousness is all about your position in God. The enemy is gonna try and attack you. Who said you've been made right in God? Who said you've been forgiven? Who said you've been set free? Who said, who said? Because this, this is what I think. But you can, stand on the, you can stand in the rightful position that you hold and say, no, no, I, I'm set free. I know who I am. My position is in Christ. I know, and, and it covers, isn't it interesting that the breastplate covers your vital organs? Amen. Did anyone get that? You know, you, you, you cut off a leg, you'll still survive. You cut off an arm, you'll still survive. But you cut off one of these vital organs, that's it. That's why we need to understand our position is one of righteousness in God. And that's the one the enemy will constantly try and attack you on. You're not really forgiven. Ah, oh, but you did that thing the other day. That, that messed you up. Now, now God doesn't like you anymore. But no, no, you say to yourself, no, I am the righteousness of God. Yeah. I know who I am, not because of my strength, but because of His. Yeah, yeah. See, it's in, it's in my weakness that He is strong. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's, it's because of His grace that covers my sin. That's why I can stand here and know who I am in God. Somebody say amen. amen. The second thing He attacks, the enemy will attack you on, is your ability. In Acts 2, it tells us that on the day of Pentecost, that the Holy Spirit came and He fell. You know, I was in Israel a couple, this last week, and we went to a room that was traditionally perceived to be the room that they were in. There were a lot of meetings like that. We went to the, what was traditionally perceived to be where Jesus sat and where Jesus ate. And I asked, no, I wouldn't say that. I was going to say something really rude right about then, but I'll keep going. Whew, keep going. So we're in this room, and this is supposed to be the room where the Holy Spirit fell. As they were praying and crying out to God, it came in the room of tongues of fire. I want to say to us, when the Spirit of God comes upon you, it releases you, it empowers you to fulfill all that God has for you to fulfill. You need the power of God. Come on, somebody. I'm, I'm, I'm seeing churches all over the country that are powerless because people don't understand this stuff. Or they have forgotten, or somebody uh, forgot to teach them about the power of God that's available to them. So, so the first trial or tribulation or hard time they come across, they walk away from God. Why? Because they don't recognize the power of God that's within them. Come on, you're supposed to go uh, uh, into your valley, you know, uh, uh, and know that the power of God is with you to overcome any obstacle that comes your way. Oh man, you have the ability to lay hands on the sick and see them heal. Come on, don't just leave it to your pastors. Don't just leave it to the interns. It's for everybody. The Spirit of God is for everyone. The Spirit of God is available for you and I. Because here's the crazy thing. The real truth is this. You will go into places that we can't go. You will meet with people that we will never meet with. So what are you gonna do in these situations, in these moments? Are you gonna default and, and cringe and, and, and wither away or are you gonna step up and reveal truth and grace and in love to these people? Are you gonna remind them that there's, there, is, there is a God that loves them unconditionally? Come on, if you try and do that on your own strength, it just won't work. They'll see right through it. But when you re- release the power of God over your life, and you begin to speak into a situation because God gives you a word of knowledge for somebody. And it says, hey, I, I just feel God saying to me that there's something wrong with your mum. Is your mum sick? Is there something about, is, is there something, yeah, yeah, my mum's been in hospital right now. I just feel God saying, you know, just hang on in there because she's gonna come through. Imagine that. That's only possible if we cling to the power of God that you have available to you. The third thing is this, that the, the enemy tries to attack you on, or, or, is, is your destiny. I want to remind you that there is a destiny for each and every one of you. Yeah. That there is a purpose and a plan for your life. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Somebody told me that when I was 18 years old. And I, I, it took me a while to believe it, but once I believed it, my life was different. Yeah. I mean, when somebody, when I felt God say to me, New, no, one day you're going to be a pastor. I was still like 20 years old when I felt that call. And I was going... Okay, when is that ever going to happen? How are you going to make that happen, Lord? But I just trusted in God. And sure enough, years later, years, 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 years later, here I am doing what I'm doing. I just want to say everyone's got a destiny. Everyone's got a plan. Everyone's got purpose. No one in this room is insignificant to the plans and the purpose of God. So those are the uh, defensive parts of the armor. But the last one is this. This is the weird one. The final part of the armor is the sandals of the gospel of peace. Now I don't know about you, but if I was ever in a fight against a Roman and he was wearing sandals, and I—Are you getting this? If he was wearing sandals, I mean I'll, I'll weave to the left, bob to the right, and then I'll do this amazing—I'll yeah. just stomp on his toes. How weird is that? That the armour of God includes sandals. You would have thought steel cap boots at least at a minimum. But there's something about these sandals that's important for us to know. The sandals of the gospel of peace, what's that all about? Well, when you understand first century Roman soldiers, the sandals weren't just normal sandals as we understand it. They were all cleated on the bottoms, on the soles of them they all had little studs nailed to the bottom of them so that when the soldiers were walking on the various terrains that they had to walk on, they wouldn't slip. They wouldn't stumble. They wouldn't fall. They could continue to march on. They could continue to press in. Can I say to us that in order for you to fight the fight that God's got called you to fight, you need the sandals of peace to stand on. You stand on peace of God. It'll take you through any terrain that you're going through, any valley, any mountaintop, whatever you're going through, any river crossing that you have to go through, when you've got peace on your side, you can stand there and go through it. Come on, Come on our Lord and our Savior, on the night he was to be betrayed, He said, "If you can, take this cup away from me, Lord." But then he stopped there, he said, "But not my will, but your will be done." Yeah. The Bible says that Jesus, for the joy set before Him, He endured the cross. That word joy in the Greek actually really means a lot more. It it actually means joy because of grace. That's the true translation of that word. Because He saw grace over your life, it brought Him peace. They brought him the substance that he needed to endure what he had to endure. I was in the Garden of Gethsemane and above it is the Jerusalem wall and there's the gates beautiful along that wall. But it's all been filled up. It's all been covered. It's all been blocked up. The, the, because, because Muslims and, and know the prophecies just as much as Christians do that it's through, there will be a, a triumphal procession through the gates, beautiful, as, as the Messiah comes in to take uh, his throne in the temple. So that's why they've covered it up. But I, as I stood there in the Garden of Gethsemane, I looked up and I could see that. And I said, wow, this, is, this must be how Jesus, on the night he was praying, Lord, take your cup away from me, uh, but not my will, but your will be done. He was praying there on that ground but then maybe he looked up and he saw the gates beautiful, which are just above him. And he was reminded of the prophecy. He was reminded that there is a future, there is a hope. And that if he can endure the night, then joy is gonna come one day. Can I say to all of you guys here tonight, stand on the peace of God so that you can, you can transcend any, you can, go, you can travail, you can go through any valley. You can, you can go through it with the peace of God. Is anyone getting this? But here's the thing about the armor of God that I want to finish with tonight. You need the whole thing. You cannot pick and choose which part of the armor of God you're going to wear today. You know, like you got your favorite top. Oh, I might put on my favorite top today. You know, like this hoodie. Thank you to my brother who sent me this in the mail. This is his business which if you're in Wellington, you are more than welcome to join his business. You know, he he's runs a gym. I'm just doing a real quick <laughs> plug for my bro. We can't pick and choose the armour, of, parts of the armour that we want to wear today. I feel like I'll, I want a bit of peace in my life. I'll put on the sandals. Oh, I feel like I, I, I need a bit more faith. So let me carry my shield today. No, 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 no. That doesn't, that's not how it works. You need the whole ensemble you need the whole thing. I mean, this, this is a one-piece package. It doesn't, you don't get to pick and choose what parts of God's armour you're gonna wear today. You gotta put on the whole thing. So how do you do it? How do you put on the armour of God? Well, this is what you do come tomorrow morning before you eat your wee You sit there at the edge of your bed and you say to yourself, today, I'm putting on the full armour of God. I'm putting on everything that God wants me to put on because yeah. I know there's an enemy just outside that door that is going to start throwing his arrows, throwing his lies at me. So I want to be prepared for whatever the devil can bring at me. Yeah. And then I can go out there and say, come at me, devil, because I'm ready for you. Yeah, is anyone getting this tonight? And I'm looking, I know God's looking for a church that is fully equipped for the race that they're called to raise. That you guys are are, are fully equipped to fight the fight that you're called to fight. So, what are you going to do tomorrow morning? What are you going to do when you get up? You're going to choose to put on the armor or you're going to choose not to? Because I want to say to each and every one of you, young and old, whether you've been journeying with the Lord for a long time or whether you're just, this is your first time you've walked into the house or church or anything like this. I want to say to you that you've got everything you need if you just believe in God. If you just release the power and the anointing and put on what He needs you to put on. Come on. God's looking for His bride, the church, to rise up, to be powerful, to be effective, to, be, to, to take this nation So what are you going to do? What are you going to do? I want to say to you, you've got it. I want to say to you, the call of God's on your life. I want to say to you, there's nothing that you cannot do if you trust in your God, that He is here, and He is wanting to empower you like never before. So what are you going to do? Come on, everyone just close their eyes. Why were you saying Father, in the name of Jesus, I just thank you for each and every person here tonight. Thank you, Father, they're not here by accident. Lord, that you purposed for them to be in this room, to hear this word. And I pray, like I always do, Lord God, that no word will fall to the ground, but it will fulfill that which you send it out to fulfill. And tonight, you're revealing truth in a fresh way to some. Father, the, the battle is hard. It's a tough fight out there. So I pray you would equip all of your saints, all of those who believe in you, with the full armor of God. Just do something special in each and every heart and empower them today. Jesus, we love you. You know, before I hand it back, I just, while every eyes close and head bow, I want to say to you. That there is a lover of your soul, and his name is Jesus. And you might be here tonight, and you've never invited Jesus to be Lord of your life. Well, I want to lead you in a prayer because I'm telling you, it is the best decision you'll ever make choosing to follow Christ, choosing to give your all. As a young, as an 18 year old, final year of high school, I was absolutely lost, and then somebody introduced me to Jesus, and it changed my life. I'm here because Jesus came into my heart. And I want to give you that same opportunity. So while every eye's code and head bow, just repeat these words after me. Come on, just, and if you're here and you've, you need to pray that prayer as a recommitment, then pray it as well. Come on, let's just repeat these words. Dear Jesus, Dear Jesus. Thank, you you thank you that you love me. Thank you that you died for me. This evening, in this place, I ask you to come into my heart. Come into my life and be Lord. Forgive me of all that I've done wrong. I thank you for your grace. Jesus' name. Hey, while every eye is still closed and head bowed, that, that's you tonight. Why don't you just let me know? This is a, uh, a sign of uh, that you've prayed this prayer. Just, just where you're sitting, while every eye is closed, head bowed. Who is there tonight? Come on, I'm telling you, there's a life that you're called to live. Who is there? Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord God. Fantastic. Come on, let's just stand. I want to hand it back to Dossie. God bless you guys. We'll see you at conference. Have a great week.